see you in the house of the Lord. Let's give glory to the God who is in the highest. Amen. This Sunday, we light the candle of joy. This is the third Sunday of Advent. The Bible says in Acts 20:35, and all that I have given you an example that by such work we must support the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus, for he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Joy is not merely a fleeting emotion. It is a state of the heart that comes from knowing that we are loved and cherished by our Father. Even amidst the challenges and uncertainties, the joy of Jesus sustains us and satisfies our heart, filling our hearts to overflowing. This overflow of the heart will greatly benefit not only us, but those around us. The Lord asks us to give freely to others as we ourselves have been given from him. What good is a gift of love or service if it is hoarded and kept instead of freely given? It becomes no gift at all. We ask the Lord to empower us to give away to others the gift of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because the birth of Jesus is a message of great joy for all humanity. It is our reminder that God's abiding love is unconditional. And that through Jesus, we have the promise of deep, satisfying, perfect love. Just as the angels shared the good news with the shepherds, we are called to share this message of his love with the world all around us. It is truly more joyful to give than to receive. May our joy in Jesus be evident in our thoughts, words, and actions. May our interactions that we may out may each of our interactions be saturated in the loving presence of Jesus. As we light the candle of joy this morning, may our hearts burst with the truth that his love is really ours to have, to hold, and to give away. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you for who you are in each of our lives, for the joy that you have given us. I pray that you give us strength, courage, mercy, wisdom, and grace to share your love and your joy with those around us, especially in this time where everybody speaks joy, but they need your joy. Be with us, Lord, that we would freely share who you are. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Innocent perfection You gave your life for us We are amazed Oh, we stand in awe For we have been changed of your love, Lord, every single moment of the day. Let's sing about his love together, church, from the depth of our heart. Will you sing this thing? There has never been, there will never be a God like you, a love so true. There has never been, there will never be a God like you. I love so
feel his love. Let's sing that one more time together. Say, how great. Come on. How great. Let him know. Yes, right. How great. How great. How great is your love. How great. How great. How great is your love for us. For Lord, we come in and we just say how awesome you are, how great you are, how great your love is. For without your love, Heavenly Father, we would not even be standing here. Your love is so awesome, so overpowering that you have changed lives right here, right now, in this place. Lives are changed, different than they could have ever been. Nothing would have had that outcome except for your love. And so right now, we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for you are good. Your love is everlasting. Your love is just the greatest power that we have ever ever experienced and we do not work we are not worthy heavenly father so we are so glad to have you in this place to have your presence in this place to be in this place with you heavenly father to be standing on holy ground we love you heavenly father the only thing that we can offer up right now is a song it is the smallest thing that we have but we pray heavenly father that you receive it as our offering of praise to you even though you even though it's not enough we offer it to you with open hearts and hands heavenly father would you receive it and would you come into this place that your breath of life be upon us would you speak to us heavenly father we reach out to you and proclaim that we need you in our lives would you speak to us lord speak to us speak to us in this place be in this place. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Come speak to us, O oh Lord. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we only want to hear your voice. We're hanging on every word. Spirit of the living God, Spirit of the living God, we want to know you more and more. We're hanging on every word. Cause when you speak, when you move, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see, what we seek. When you come in a room, when you do what only you can do, it changes us, it changes what we see, and what we Yeah. 
that you're giving us, Lord. We're hanging on every word, Lord. We hang on more than that, Lord. We hang on your promises. So, Lord, as we come into this place today, Lord, we, we seek you more and more. Let us seek your Holy Spirit, Lord. The song said, Lord, that when you fall, we fall on our knees. The Spirit of God is in this place, Lord, and we feel it ever so present, Lord. And so let us fall flat on our faces, Lord, on our knees, Lord, to surrender to you this morning, Lord, to your will. And your way, Lord, as you open up our hearts, Lord, with this time of, of worship, Lord, that you would open up our hearts, Lord, to receive the good news, Lord, of the gospel. 
Lord, the good news uh, that Pastor is about to give us, Lord, more a breath of life into us, Heavenly Father. And thank you, Lord, that it just gets better from here, Lord, and the overflowing and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit into us, Lord, and into this place, Lord, and, uh, and beyond. So thank you, Heavenly Father, for the work uh, that you've done already, Lord. I can't wait to receive the rest of it here today, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We celebrate the Lord this morning, church. Amen. He is so good. And this time of worship, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Why don't we greet our neighbor and uh, maybe with an embrace or maybe a handshake. Let's welcome each other in this place. Here we go, Michael. Good morning, church. It's so good to see you. Yeah, I got What's nothing. up, church? I don't know. You're they only clap when I again. come up here, Rox. Yeah. That's why. You've got to do it. Eight. You've got to do it. <laughs> it work for me. <laughs> welcome to the house of God, church. Uh, we want to we wanna welcome you here. Um, I, you know what, Rox? I, do we have any first-time visitors? Any first-time visitors in the house? I would love to. Hey, hey man, welcome, welcome, my brother. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. What, what? Back there in the back as well. And I, I oh, greet you. One. I greet the little one. Hi, oh. little one. We greet you and say thank you for visiting us. We would love to connect. But really, I'm asking for first-time visitors because I'm about to say I'm sorry. Grace. I'm We're sorry. asking for grace. Me and Rox here up here. <laughs> it's the two of us. Hey, church, look, we want to catch you up on some things. As you know, uh, Michael Romero, you worship an arts pastor. And uh, this is Rox Rox. Let's also known rock. as Roxy de Santiago, yeah. also part of your worship in Arts Hey, church, um, before we hand the pulpit over to Pastor Richard, I always like to catch you up on what's going on in the life of New Beginnings. Um, after that wonderful time of worship, um, church, I want to continue that spirit of worship um, in a few more hours because today, what's, today go, what's going day. on, Roxy? What's happening today, today man? Today is a yes. good, good day. Listen, what we try to do is we always try to give you an opportunity to bring your family. We know that getting close to Christmas, Amen. sometimes the schedules get a little crazy. But tonight at 6 o'clock is our Christmas program. It's going to be a time, an amazing yes. time. Amen. I hope you guys come. It's going to be an amazing time of worship. And ama- we have a, a special worship leader tonight. Yes, we do. She's, she's a powerful woman of God. Um, we have a special message. Along with our message. team, of course. Uh, yes, we have our team. Our we team. have a special message. And my favorite. Oh, the little ones. The Prim. little ones. The little ones. They're yes. so cute. Okay. So, parents, if you have little ones that are participating, please make sure to check in with Sister Jessica to get all the details of what time you guys need to be here. I'm sure she has bombarded you with text messages and email ad nauseum. But, hey, church, um, we want to make sure that it's not just you and your family, but it's a beautiful outreach tool um, to invite somebody to church, right, to say um, – this is really cool. Like, this is what my church is all about. You know, we don't have a, to be quite frank, a lot of acrobatics that are going on. But you know what? Uh, we just want to extend the love of Christ. 
we want to give a message of hope to those who want it and to willing hearts to listen to it and those who need it more than anything else. That's right. But church, we want you to invite your neighbors because we are not um, an exclusive club. Amen. Isn't that what you love about New Beginnings Church is we are not exclusive. All are welcome. Right. And so, church, we want to make sure it's tonight at 6 p.m. And for some reason, we've been talking about this probably for about oh, well, well over a month. Rocks, rocks. And then the question that you got today is, is there going to be a Christmas Not, not just today, but we, it's, it's been a while, you know. Um, so those who have ears to hear, the Bible says to let them hear. Hear, hear. hear. So hear this. Tonight oh, at 6 p.m., <laughs> tonight at 6 p.m., I want you guys to come in tonight. It's going to be an amazing time of fellowship, worship, the word, and of word. course, you know, all the cool stuff, added features, which I don't want to call it an added feature, but like the kids, I can't believe how much they minister to us. That's right. Right, to have the innocence yeah. and that purity of That's a child awesome. you that know, you and I should be like every day. We have to remember when we were kids, right, how awesome Christmas was, the joy, the excitement. It was just everything was building up to that, mm -hmm. right? We have to remember that again. And when you see those little ones up here and they get excited and they're nervous, some of them are not very nervous at all, and they move all over the stage. <laughs> but you get to see them up here and you get to remember. It reminds you of that time. When you mm -hmm. also believed in the joy of Christmas, my encouragement to you is to be like the children. God says Amen. that we should have faith like the children because they absolutely believe. And that's Amen. how our faith needs to be. They're such a great example. They're little, yeah. and their example is so big and so powerful. So I, I encourage you to come see them. Build those memories, church. Um, I, was, I was telling Roxy um, uh, at between services, uh, Kristen, who's our worship leader, my daughter, um, the first time she ever sang uh, on this platform, back when it was down the street, what we call now the Maverick Church of God, <laughs> down the street. They got a good price. She, she sang her first song ever. She did for Christmas She program. sang, um, uh, it doesn't really matter, but she sang, she sang that. with you, though. Yeah, she, she sang we sang the, together yeah. uh, for the first time. Cute. She was must have been, she was about six, seven years old. Yeah, she's yeah. so And so, cute. man, build those memories and... Let the kids come to me is what the Lord said, right? That's right. And so we want you to uh, we want to encourage you once again tonight at um, what time? Oh, what six o'clock. You guys right. failed already, man. <sighs> six o'clock, church. We want to see you here and grab somebody. Um, the the clerk at the store. You know, hey, what's going on tonight? Oh, nothing. Just going home and you know. Eat. Hey, I got a place for you tonight. Something I want to invite you somewhere tonight, yeah. and so invite somebody you know. You never know. It may be, they may yeah. be lonely. They may actually need something to do because in this time of Christmas, everybody feels like they're going, going places, going, going places. It's a time of family, but some people, Amen. they actually need a place to go, and you could be the light of Jesus Christ. That's what Amen. we try to do here in New Beginnings Church, right? We try to make sure that we have an opportunity to reach up to Jesus Christ, right. that we grow in him, that we reach out into our church so that each one of us can grow in Jesus Christ, and then that we reach out into our community to share the love of Jesus Christ, just like I read in the joy candle today, what good is a gift if we keep it for ourselves and we don't share it with the world? Amen. That's what we're here to do. That's what new begin that's why new beginnings exist Amen. to reach up, to reach in and to reach out into the world. Amen. So thank you for that, Roxy. And you know, just speaking to those kind of outreaches church, can we can we celebrate what you and I have done yesterday? We were able to uh, reach out into the community and extend uh, one hundred food baskets to Amen. this community. Let's give praise. 
That's what you and I do, church. That's what you and I do. So we want to thank you for that. Those boxes keep getting more and more expensive. So really, thank you, thank thank you, thank you for all of you who gave because it really made a difference. Amen. Hey, church, uh, next weekend, a week from today, is Christmas Eve. And uh, we keep getting that question, too. What is the question? I don't know if they're trying to get out of it or what, Rox. It's it's on a Sunday. So the question is, will we have regular service and will we have a candlelight Christmas Eve service? So, With a resounding yes. And yes. We would love to see you here. Yes and yes. We want to see you here. Again, a great opportunity to invite family that might be from out of town coming in. Um, we're just going to go to a service and, and really, truly, and I know it sounds kind of at this point is maybe played out as some would say, but to say, man, he's truly the reason for the season. So let's take a, right. a couple of hours out of our Christmas Eve, leave the tamales boiling at home. There, just make okay, sure, make sure there's enough water. water. Ah, Mexicans be like, dude. <laughs> Yes. You got to have the water in there. They're going to smell Make sure there's enough the water, water in there. Because we're going to church. We're going to Our church. Our church is not that long. Our church okay. is, is one fill of water long. <laughs> I love that gauge. <laughs> that's how long our church is. Just fill it up. We're gonna, you're it. Good. We'll get you back home in time. I love it. But church, we were, we were, this is why I said sorry for our first time guests. I knew this was going to happen. My um, apologies. Hey, look, there's a QR code behind me, and if you're a first-time guest with us, we want you to connect. Um, uh, believe it or not, I will be one of the pastors that will connect with you. I'm sorry. I promise the phone call won't be this long. We're making people uh, <laughs> cringe over here on this side. we got to stop. We've been told but we want to connect with you if you are with us for the first time. Uh, download our NBC ABQ app to follow along with what else is going on. Like We have our Lights of Remembrance service at the end of the month. Um, and so many other things like our adult education sign-up courses that are out there if you want to find out a little bit more about digging in into a, a deeper into our faith. Uh, but church, while you're in that app, that bottom right-hand corner, I talk about it all the time, that little red heart, it's to give. And it's not giving to me. It's not giving to Pastor Richard or to Pastor Cindy or anyone else. It's to give church uh, to the kingdom and the expansion of his kingdom and what you and I do with those 100 food boxes that little red heart signal, and we can't do it without the heartbeat. You and I cannot go without a heartbeat, and that little heart is your faithful obedience to, to the tithe. Thank and you, so thank, thank you, you so much for that, and if you want to give that way, you can give through our app, text messaging, or online, or you can drop off your physical gift at one of the tithing boxes at the entryways into the sanctuary. And with that, <laughs> I leave you. Thank you so much, church, for your faithful obedience. We love you. Love thank you, you for everything that you, you do. Turn your attention to the screens. In the name of one horse open sleighs, are you so busy making Christmas bread when you run your own cupcake business? Well, every year I like to mix things up a little bit and make an exception for these beauties. So, why Christmas bread? Well, I have been told that my Christmas bread is the confectionery manifestation of heaven. Does that sound bragging? I don't mean for it to. It's just what I've been told. Baking contest blue ribbons don't lie. Now, there is one thing that I will never, mark my words, never make in my cupcake shop, for it is a horrible, treacherous Christmas abomination. Fruitcake. I mean, first of all, just no. Second of all, No, I mean, does it even need to be said you either want fruit or cake? I personally do not want both at the same time. 
I mean, you might as well make a drink called orange toothpaste juice. <laughs> Anywho, growing up, I learned the art of baking from my mama. She would make loaves of this very bread and then wrap them up in beautiful boxes that stacked as high as our Christmas tree. And then I'd get to help her deliver them all over our neighborhood. People love to see her coming. Especially our neighbor, Miss June, sweetest little old lady, like to talk to mailboxes. Now, when baking for others, my mama taught me that you pray for each person or family as you bake. I know, I know, this is bread is probably not going to change somebody's life forever, but who knows, right? After all, big things can come from really little places, like my Aunt Gert. Big hair, tiny woman. Drove a semi-truck till she was 82 years old. If you looked in your rearview mirror, you'd just see two knuckles and a bouffant. <laughs> Anywho, like Bethlehem, for instance. Nobody thought a thing about that little old place until Jesus came and just blew the doors right off. <laughs> oh, and listen to this. Now, I may be denser than Papa's peanut brittle, but I learned in church that there are actually two Bethlehems in Israel. Now, the one where Jesus was born, the one in the south, is called Bethlehem Ephrathah. Bethlehem means house of bread, and the word Ephrathah means fruitful. So, altogether, the place where Jesus was born is the fruitful house of bread. Now, this is not a biblical reference to fruitcake. This is fruit bread. There is a difference. Fruitcake is better suited to anchor a boat than to usher in the birth of a king. Isn't that great? Little old Bethlehem, chosen to be the place where God's son, the biggest gift in a tiny body, would draw his very first human breath. What a perfect recipe for mankind. <laughs> the bread of life. So let's not get all caught up in the holly jolliness of gift giving without really receiving the main gift or the main ingredient. <laughs> Can you imagine forgetting the main ingredient? I shudder to think of it. Well, like this sugar here. Well, if I were to forget the sugar, then we would have a Christmas calamity on our hands. Well, without the sugar... I Well, I'll be a snowflake in July. It seems that I have substituted the salt for the sugar all this time. Oh, holy handbells. I have made something worse than fruitcake. I think I had some of that bread the other day. <laughs> How many of you guys like fruitcake? Look at that. Nobody wants to raise their hand. There's a few of you, yeah. So, and some of you, my wife's over here. She's a cheerleader. She really loves fruitcake. Uh, not all brands, but that, that kind that's like, wow, you know. But, uh, but young people, you guys are dismissed your class if you haven't already left. Uh, but, guys, uh, some amazing things have been taking place this outreach. Um, this year, 
Mike Torres negotiated our uh, Christmas baskets, and we usually used to give out like about a seven-pound uh, chicken and a seven-pound ham. This year, we were able to give out like a 13-pound ham, uh, maybe almost 14-pound, big old spiral ham, and and these chickens that were like humongous. I was like, man, these are like the Incredible Hulk chickens. I was like, man, pump me up. I was like, man. But uh, but you know what? Yesterday, uh, a family came, uh, and they just started crying. And they go, we're really going to have a Christmas dinner. And I was like, wow, how cool. We got all emotional, and we were just cheering them on. And uh, our men's group puts all the baskets together. There's about 60 guys here yesterday. We had breakfast and hung out and then made the baskets. And, and then we carry them out to the car, and we pray over the family when we put them into their vehicle. We just pray a, a, a Christmas prayer over them. It was just an amazing time, and it was a blessing. And uh, so many lives were changed uh, and impacted. And it's not just about impressing anybody. We don't want to impress people. We want to impact people. That was really awesome. So thank you again for your faithfulness. Pastor Pastor Chuck was here first service, and uh, I don't know if you kept up with him, but uh, man, he has had five different accidents tripping over stuff. He lives in Edgewood, and they've been getting a lot of snow. Uh, he fell and broke some ribs. He fell and broke his nose. He fell, and, and, and it's just been horrible. But in the midst of that, he hasn't stopped. He's just going 100 miles an hour. And last Saturday, uh, they gave out over 1,000 toys to kids that came to God's warehouse. And uh, they've been feeding anywhere from 350 people and as many as 500 people every single night. And it's really going amazing. So thank you, thank you. And um, he and Rhonda live in Edgewood, and they went on a date night the other day, and because traffic, the snow, and on and on over there, they just went to Denny's there in in uh, Edgewood. When he walked in, there was somebody who goes, Pastor, and he's looking around, and he sees a young lady that, came to know the Lord there at God's warehouse. She was homeless. She was a mess. She was a wreck. And God had restored her through the ministry of God's warehouse. She is now living in a home. She had a brand-new car. Well, it was not that year, but a new vehicle for her. And she's now manager of the Denny's over in Edgewood. And... And she told Pastor Chuck, all because of New Beginnings, God's Warehouse. And he was so excited to share that this morning. So listen to me. There's room for Jesus in our life. But a lot of us haven't made room for Jesus. We crowd him out with a lot of things. And so today I want to talk about, will you make room for Jesus? Will we make room for him? In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, starting at verse 1, it says, and at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken since Quirinius 
was the governor of Syria. And all returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. And David's ancient home, and he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged. And he was now, and she was now expecting a child. Now think about this. It would be traveling almost like from uh, the northern part of the state, maybe like from Farmington, all the way down to like uh, Carlsbad. Okay, but they're walking. And she's riding a donkey sometimes. But this is a donkey without shock absorbers. This is no padding. And for you ladies that have been pregnant before, can you imagine riding on a donkey for days on end? Your feet are swollen, and then you have to walk sometime, and your feet are swollen, your ankles are swollen. And Wow, I've never been pregnant, but man, my wife has, and I remember what she went through. I can't even imagine what Mary went through. And it said, and she was now expecting a child. Now, she was like expecting a child, okay? Like she's ready to pop, okay? And it says, and while they were there, the time came for her to have her baby, to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them because there was no room for them in the end. Lord, help us to understand how important it is for us to make room for you because we get so crowded that we have no room in the end. We have no room for Jesus. God, help us understand the importance of making room for you today. I pray in Christ's name, amen. Now, why we make room for Jesus is important. That we, Why we don't make room, rather, is, is because we don't pay attention. We don't pay attention to his handprint. We don't pay attention to the move of God around us. We don't pay attention to his presence. We don't pay attention to his holiness. We don't pay attention. We just sang a song, when the Holy Spirit moves, man, things happen. Man, your fears are gone. Tears just come. They well up inside of you because you think of his goodness and his mercy, and you think how wonderful he is. But we don't pay attention. We fail to see him. We fail to understand him. We fail to realize that he's very much there for us, yet we don't experience him. <clears throat> and we don't experience him because we just fail to see him, fail to realize he's walking right next to us, fail to realize he's sitting right next to us right now. We fail to realize that he's sitting right in front of us or behind us. We fail to realize that he's walking, holding our hand, and we don't even feel it. We don't even experience it. We miss it altogether because we're so wrapped up into other things that we lose the attention of seeking God to being distracted by many, many other things. And it's really sad. Shortly after Jesus had died, the disciples were really distraught, and they had kind of gone in different directions. And, and these two disciples are walking down the road of Emmaus, and they're talking about Jesus. And 
all of a sudden Jesus appears and he, and he, and he joins them. And in Luke chapter 24, verse 15 and 16, it says right there, as, it, as they talked and they, dis, they, they discussed these things, in other words, what had happened, that he had been crucified and he had died, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing. They, they, they couldn't recognize. And, and, and they're not hearing what's happening. And Jesus says, what's going on? And they go, are you the only one in all of Israel that doesn't know? Are you the only one in all of Jerusalem that doesn't know what just took place? They crucified Jesus Christ. He suffered, died, and was buried. But on the third day, he rose. And now, man, we, we don't have our Lord. They didn't even recognize him. Sometimes you and I are going through our pain. We're going through a difficult situation. Maybe you've lost a loved one. And, and you're going through life and you're wondering, God, where are you? Where I don't see you, God. I don't feel you. And he's right there. You've lost a husband. You lost your spouse, your wife, or a son or daughter, father, mother, brother, sister. You lost someone very dear to you in your life. God, I need you. I need you. Verse 31 of that same passage in Luke 24, 31, it says, suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. Like, oh my goodness, you've been walking with us the whole time. Now you're sitting down eating with us. And it says, and at that moment he disappeared. Like, I'm here. Just because you don't see me, I'm here. Just because you don't feel me, I'm here. Just because you don't understand all the pieces, I am here. But we fail to see it. We, we, we don't understand. We don't pay attention to the things around us. In the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 10, it says that Jesus replied, If you only knew, if you only knew the gift God has for you. He's talking to the woman as well. If you only knew the gift that God has for you and who you're even speaking to. You would ask me, and I would give you living water. You don't even get it. You, you haven't paid attention to who I am, to what I can do, to what I'm trying to do, what I've been trying to speak into your life. Jesus was speaking into her life, and she was too busy paying attention to everything else around her, all the distractions. Don't be distracted because God is very real. God is very near. God is right there for you. He loves you. He is there caring for you. But yet we miss him because we don't pay attention. Another reason that we fail to make room for Jesus is that, that we crowd our lives with other things. Our lives are crowded. Let's face it. This is a busy time of the year. And some of you, you have work. Christmas parties, you have family parties, you have tamale parties. Look, there's a family that made tamales. There were 35 of them making tamales. Can you imagine? And, and 35 got together and they made two dozen. No, no, no. <laughs> no, they made dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of tamales. I go, man, how many dozen? They go, you know what? Literally, we made, we made 
over a hundred dozen of tamales. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys are like like, like Mexicana, man. <laughs> but we had tamale parties. We have family parties. We have work parties. And your kids have school parties, and they have school plays, and you go to the plays. And now tonight we're having our Christmas program. We're having our Christmas program when? Six o'clock. You guys got it, baby. Now you make sure you show up. Okay. But but listen, it's it's a busy time and we get crowded with life. We get crowded with life. And and we were thinking about this. It's like today's already the the seventeenth. It's like Christmas is just a few days away, eight days away. Like some of you haven't even started shopping. Some of you, we're not going to be able to shop because life is pressed in and bills have pressed in and things have overwhelmed us. The crowd around us, we, we, we get just inundated with stuff that we don't have room for Jesus. And things are overwhelming. And we're overwhelmed with life happening around us. And, and I, I really encourage you to let God in because it's overwhelming. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says right there, but the people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual and understand what the Spirit means. So there's some people that just don't even believe anymore. And and in Mark chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, it's talking about the sower sowing seed. And he said right there that the seed that fell among the thorns represents others who fear, I mean, who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of life. Worry just overwhelms you. How are we going to pay the rent? How can we get the kids anything? We can't even pay the car payment. Can't even pay the insurance. Oh, my gosh, the landlord's coming tomorrow, and oh, my gosh, worry, worry, worry. I'm sick, and I don't know what's going to happen. We have to have surgery, and... Oh, my goodness, Lord, help us. And the lure of wealth. Yeah, I got to make some money, so let's go to the casino, and, and, and man, maybe I'll, I'll win this time. And, and you walk away with even less money than what you walked in with. And you're like, oh, gosh. And the desire of other things, it, it just pulls us away so no fruit is produced because we're just torn apart because we're overcrowded, and we overcrowd our lives with stuff that we don't have room for Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, verse 39 through 41, it says, this is about Lazarus' sisters, Mary and Martha, and, and they're at Lazarus' house having a Bible study, and Martha's sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted 
by the big dinner she was preparing. So she's all stressed out, like, I, I, there's my sister, my Mary, there at the feet of Jesus. I, I, come on, Jesus. Because look what she says. So she came to Jesus, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits there while I'm doing all the work? How many Marthas in the house? Don't raise hands, anybody. Don't raise hands. Family members are going, that's Martha. That's my mom. That's my sister. Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're so worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. She understands there's sometimes more things more important than the pressing things around her. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 14, it says, do not become proud at that time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. He's saying, man, you were slaves in Egypt, and now you're free, and now don't strut around going, oh, yeah, man, uh, I did this. I No, no, the Lord freed you. Don't ever forget the Lord has ministered to you. He's healed you from your brokenness. He's taken that pain away. He's transformed your life. Don't ever forget that. But yet we crowd them out because we get overwhelmed with so many other things. Another reason we, we don't have room for Jesus is we think we don't need to make room for him. It's like, oh, really? Like, what can God really do? Oh, my gosh. God's not even alive. God's dead. Some people really believe that. There's Christians that believe that. They're Christians, but when you, you say, cry out to the Lord, like, what's he going to do? What is God really going to do? Huh? What? And you, and, and, and you sound like Psalm 10, verse 4. The wicked are too proud to seek God. It says, they seem to think that God is dead. He's not dead. He's very much alive. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 30, uh, 53, verse 6, it says, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on himself the sins of us all. Man, we, we, we've left God's path to follow our own because we think like, like what, what's really going to happen anyway? Some of you have been struggling and you've been battling through this time and, and, and you don't even know why you came to church. You're like, Oh, I'm okay, I'm here, but I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even know if God can even do anything. I don't even know if he hears me anymore. I don't even, I'm just, you're broken. And you haven't made room for Jesus. So we should make room for Jesus because we need to come to know him. We need to come to know our creator and savior who loves us. You've got to come to know that. You got to come to receive that. You got to come to understand that. You got to come to understand what he has done for you, why he did it, and what he wants to do for you. He has amazing things for you, and he wants to do these things to minister to you. Look what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. It says, In the beginning, the word already existed. 
The Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he existed in the beginning with God, and God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. He's talking about Jesus. And then he says, the Word gave life to everything, everything that was created. So Jesus Christ has given each one of us life, and it says his life brought light to everyone. So see, all of us have the ability to see because he is the light, but not everyone has accepted that light, so you're still in darkness. You're like, I don't see anything. I don't see anything at all. And it's because you really haven't come to know your creator. You haven't come to know your savior. You haven't come to know Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ illuminates your life and changes everything. It helps you see things where you are and where you need to be. And it shows you how to get there. And so we're confused and overwhelmed with life and overwhelmed with pain and overwhelmed with the things that we're struggling with. And we feel like, God, I I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I could do this. This is tough. And that's why Jesus said, and God said to us in John 3, 16, he said, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his only, his one and only son. He gave him up. He gave him to us so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You have to believe. You have to believe. You have to come to know him. And in John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, he says, he came to his own people and even they rejected him. How many of us have rejected him? And it says, but to all who have received him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So see, people always say, oh, we're all children of God. No, we're not. The Bible never says that everyone on this planet is a child of God. The Bible says that everyone on this planet is a creation of God. But until you accept Christ, that's when you become a child of God. That's when you're adopted into his family. So if you haven't accepted Christ, you're not a child of God. You're a creation of God. And we don't understand that, and we struggle with that. And that's why he so desperately wants us to make room for him so that we can understand and come to know our creator and our savior so that we could become the children of the living God. And another reason he wants us to make room for him is to enjoy life, to enjoy a life of purpose, of peace, and of power. Purpose, peace, and power. Things that people want, people that don't have, they don't have that purpose, peace, and power. They wonder, I don't even know why on earth I'm here. I don't even know why on earth God has placed me on this planet. Why are we here? We're here to come to know the living God who is our creator and then to worship him and to serve him and to be his hand and feet here on earth. And that's why he wants us so desperately to open up our lives and open up our hearts to him. That's why Paul writes in 2 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, he's saying to them, he goes, this, there is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. He goes, I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children 
And he says, open your hearts to us. Open your hearts to our message. Open our hearts to the Lord Jesus Christ. Open up your heart so that you might come to really understand who he is, why he is, and what he's going to do for you. Because we don't do that. And as Christians, many of us have already accepted Christ. If you haven't accepted Christ, God is really speaking to you. But if you have accepted Christ, he's still speaking to us because a lot of times, even as Christians, even though we know Jesus is there, even though we know what Jesus has promised, even though we know what Jesus can do, we still don't go to him and we're going, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And we get overwhelmed. We're overwhelmed with life. And we don't make room for him, and we should make room for him to let him in. In John chapter 14, verse 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. Don't you want that? And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. He gives us a a peace that transcends anything that we know. He gives us a peace that literally surpasses all human understanding. It's a peace that guards our heart and our mind in Christ Jesus. It's a peace that doesn't make sense because you're going through a storm, but you have peace. And you were told you have cancer, and you have peace. And you're told you're going to lose your house, and you might have to declare bankruptcy but you have peace and you're told that you're going to get a divorce and you're broken, but yet you have peace. And you're going through a difficult time, a time that you've never faced before, but God gives you peace. And he says, I want you to enjoy life with purpose, with peace and with power. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, He says right there, he goes, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. He goes, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline. I want you to know that I'm giving you this power and this, this strength that's an inner strength that gives you strength to conquer anything you're facing, no matter what. And he makes that offer to us. But he's saying you've got to make room for Jesus. You've got to make room to allow him into your life to change the things that you're facing, the fears of life, the things that are overwhelming you. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, he says right there, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. And if we, were, if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And that shows that we have not fully experienced this perfect love. So he's saying, if you still are struggling with that, it means you haven't accepted Jesus because you're still not at peace with God. Because when you finally come at peace with God, you have this peace that you go, man, everything seems to be falling apart around me, but I know you still have a solid foundation and I'm not going anyplace. You are my anchor, Lord not fruitcake. You're my anchor. I, I, I just remembered what she said. But see, we got to hold on. And yet, 
sometimes even those of us that have Christ, we forget. We don't make room for him in our plans. I didn't plan on getting sick. I didn't plan on getting divorced. I didn't plan on not having children. I didn't plan on having children. I didn't plan, I didn't plan, I didn't plan. And you're struggling with all these things, but you don't let him in. So then how do we make room for Jesus? We make room for Jesus by inviting him in. Just a simple invitation. It really is that simple, but so many of us think we have to change so many things. I'm not really ready. I mean, my life's kind of messed up. I need to get it together better, and oh, I'm not quite there, and because I'm not quite there, I need to, I need to, I, I just need to hold it off for a while, and you know, maybe next year, I'll start the next year, the new year with Jesus, but right now, I'm not ready because we're still going to have a Christmas party, and I know I'm probably going to party at the party, so I don't want to quit now because I want to party at the party, and you won't want me to party at the party, so I want to just wait. Are you with me? We, we make all these weird excuses. And Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, he goes, look. He says, look. I'm, I'm standing at the door. I stand at the door and I knock. For those of you that are old like me, or if you like oldies, you keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Because that's what we say to him. We say, I'm not ready yet, Jesus. I'm not ready. I keep knocking, but you can't come in. But she says, but if you hear my voice, if you hear me, if you hear my voice and open the door, sometimes we hear, shh. No, they might hear that. We're not here. We're not here. The other day, I had a meeting with somebody, and I went to their house rang the doorbell, and they had a ring doorbell and the lights were green. And I have a ring doorbell, so I know that that means it's ringing in there and nothing. And they rang again, nothing. And I told Cindy, let me knock. So they had an iron door, and I knocked. And I knocked close fist, and I hit it. And I went... And a dude came to the door. He goes, man, I thought it was a cops. Whoever <laughs> rang the doorbell three times, but I just figured maybe you were in the back. He goes, dude, man, I thought, ah, oh, that sounds like a knock of a cop. I go, well, I'm glad you opened the door. <laughs> because he says, I stand at the door and knock. And if you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. You don't have to clean the house. You don't have to get all dressed up. He goes, I'm going to come in. Just open the door. Invite me in. And we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus isn't all stressed out about what's for dinner. He'll even bring it. Or menudo. For those of you that like menudo, mmm. For those of you that don't look at pozole, maybe some tamales, some bizcochitos. You see, he's going to come in with something to comfort you with because he knows your pain. 
He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. He's been knocking. He's been saying, make room for me. Make room for me. Your life is too cluttered. You can't even see me. You can't even hear me. Make room for me. I'm knocking at your door. I know that you lost a loved one. I know you're broken. I know you're ready to give up, but I'm here to help. I know your husband wants a divorce or your wife wants a divorce. I know you're broken, but I'm here to help. I know you're facing bankruptcy, but I'm here to help. I know you're overwhelmed because you just lost your job or you can't find one. I know you might lose your house. I know you have health issues, and they even told you you might not live a whole lot longer. But Jesus is saying, I'll come in. Just invite me in. So if you've never accepted Jesus, he's asking you to let him in. And if you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to today, raise your hand. Just say, you know what, that's me. Anyone here today? Praise God. Praise the Lord. That is so awesome. Any, anyone else? I don't want to miss anybody. Because it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And if you've made that decision, please stand. We're going to pray with you. It's an amazing decision. So... Would all of you pray with us? Say, Heavenly Father, today I realize I need to make room for Jesus. So forgive me of all my sins. Come into my life as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day forward, I want to follow you. In Christ's name, amen. Praise the Lord. If that was you... Can you come up here real quick? I just want to give you a high five. I want to give you a high five, and we've got some material we want to give you. So if that was you, make your way up. I, I'm, I promise, I'm not going to embarrass you. But, well, that's all right. Just know that Pastor Eddie's got Bible and the material. That's Pastor Eddie by the door. And you want to go over there. He's got some stuff he'd like to give you to help start growing in the Lord. Let me, let me, let me just tell us here today. A lot of us are Christians. We've already accepted Christ. But you know what? Our distraction and life has pushed Jesus out of the picture. And we think like, I don't know if he could really do this. So we don't invite him in. And you're going through some hardcore stuff right now. And you're a Christian, but you're doing it on your own strength. You're saying, God, I, I don't know who to turn to, so I'm just going to do it on my own. And the Lord's saying, but come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Come unto me, and I'm going to minister to you. Come to me because I'm going to help you. And he's knocking at the door, and he's saying, just open the door and let me in. I want to heal your brokenness. I want to heal your sickness. I want to heal your marriage. I want to heal your relationship. You've been getting out of control with your spending and you think, oh, I'll just go make some money at the casino and 
and it's taken over. Now you don't know what to do. And now your fear has gripped you and you're living in fear and you've become agoraphobic, meaning you, you don't want to leave your house. You don't want to leave any place. And you're broken. So today God is calling you. And he's saying, won't you come? Before I ask you to stand, I just want to ask my prayer team, those of you that are part of the prayer team, come up front right now so people know who to come to to pray with and know who to be able to hang on to and receive prayer from. But I want you to know this, that right now, you might be going through something that you're overwhelmed with. And right now, sit there in your chair and and in the presence of God, say, God, you know everything I'm going through. You know everything I'm up against. You know what I'm experiencing. And God, I feel like giving up. Some of you have even contemplated suicide. Some of you have even attempted it. And today I'm saying that God can heal your brokenness. Won't you come for prayer? Won't you make your way up right now? Won't you say, you know what, I just need God to intercede for me. I need God to, to stand with me. I need God to be with me. So would you stand and, and we're going to sing this song, but I invite you to come. I invite you to come to release your pain, to release your anxiety, to release your fear, to release your overwhelming sensation that's gripping you and, and experience, experience his peace, love, and grace. Let him strengthen you. Let him encourage you. Let him minister to you. Let him allow God to comfort and minister to your life right now. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. And he'll help you. We want to know you more and more. Hanging on every word. Let God minister to you. Ask God to minister to your pain right now. Ask him to comfort you. Ask him to reach into your pain and to start the healing process. Lord, we just cry out to you on behalf of 
each one of us here. Lord, we want to cry out first for ourselves, that, Lord, you might minister to us and take care of our every need. And then, Lord, I pray that you just help us, strengthen us, minister to us, allow us to know that you are with us and strengthening us and covering us with your angels. And Lord, you're going to give us your peace, power, and your presence in the midst of all this pain. That Lord, we're going to be able to get through it because you are going to guide us through it. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Praise the name of the Lord. As people remain praying, know that you're dismissed. We hope to see you tonight at 6 o'clock. Go change Albuquerque. Let God do a supernatural work in your life.